That was a really great thing for me was like to show up, create that daily discipline. And then from the discipline, the experience of great freedom, of boundless freedom. Because most moments, moment to moment, I do not feel free. Right. It's when I'm practicing or connected, when I feel reunited with my freedom or those aspect of myself that is like, you were born free, sister. You just forgot, you know? So the practice helps me remember. That was Dana Trixie Flynn. Hey everyone, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit Sessions. I'm Danny Pomploon, and I am your host. Welcome to session 108. Um, This session was really cool. I actually don't really get to do um, in-person podcasts often because everyone's just all over the world and whatnot. And Dana just happened to be in San Francisco. So she came over to my studio apartment and we sat here in front of a mic. And it was great because I haven't seen her in like, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Um, And we just had a really, really, really cool conversation. She is a rad, 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 rad human and an amazing yoga teacher. Um, We get to know a little bit more about her in this episode. And really, she dials it in about how we're all connected and we're all friends and we have to remember that. And really just stepping into um, our own individual awesomeness. Um, I had met her about 10 years ago, as you guys will hear um, in the podcast, and I'll never forget how she called me out um, in class. It was, uh, was, again, it was an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this uh, podcast in person because there's just this different sense of uh, magic and chemistry when you're able to look at the person in the eyes and yeah, so many deep bows to Dana and uh, yeah, it was great to have her on the show. Um, A quick announcement for all of you guys out there. I have some pretty exciting stuff. If you haven't already gone to the new podcast homepage, go check it out. It's annypumploon.com slash podcast. Um, and yeah, we redid all of it. It took a lot of time, a lot of effort. I'm really proud of it. I'm so happy that the show now has a home. Uh, you can check out the individual uh, shows like Dharma Dudes and the Fierce Calm collaborations. And there's a great little catalog for you guys to search around. Um, and then also the podcast support page is up. As always, this show doesn't happen without the love and support of you guys listening. Um, we're looking for a few people to just donate a couple things along the way. Um, with every donation that you get to do on our Patreon, we do give away some fun stuff. So you get like a yoga class, you can do an online private, um, and you can check it out at dannypumploon.com support. Both links I'll leave in the show notes. And uh, yeah, if just a few of you guys left like $2 a month, the show would be sustainable. Um, we couldn't do this again without our friends over at SF Yoga Magazine too. They are huge supporters. They're always pumping the show through their channels. And yeah, it's a pleasure and an honor to do this show. And uh, thank you guys for supporting it. And uh, we can't see this. Uh, we can't wait to see this Patreon take off because we think it's going to do awesome because you guys are awesome. So without further ado, here goes Dana Trixie Flynn on the show. Dana, you're here in real life, which is very strange and weird and also very exciting. And you're sitting in my apartment. This is the first, um, this is the first interview I've done in this apartment. Awesome. I came here to bless it. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. I bless our reunion. I'm into all the th- all the blessings. Um, a little backstory uh, for the listeners out there. I took Dana's class in New York. I think it was, what, like 10 years ago? Maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. And I parked myself up by the front window. I wanted to be in the back and there was no spots left. And 
there was another guy next to me and he was doing handstands. So I was warming up and Dana walks up to me and she goes, who are you? And I was like, I'm Danny. And she goes, where are you from? And I said, San Francisco. And she goes, your name is San Francisco from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you did a Beyonce playlist that day. Yeah. That seems very uh, rare. Yeah. It was like yeah. Beyonce. And you, you, I remember you came in wearing this jumpsuit. It was like, a, I think it was either solid, maybe it was solid pink. Could uh, be, I have a pink, purple. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to break out the jumpsuits again. You should break out the jumpsuits. Yeah. Jumpsuits break out are, of the jump. Jump out of the jumpsuits. Yeah. Maybe do layers of jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up to, Dana? What's going on? How's everything? I'm so grateful. Uh, and I love when Yogi, when we all get to connect in this way yeah. and turn each other on and stay inspired. I'm in San Francisco teaching at Laughing Lotus. We opened it like 2007. Mm -hmm. We first opened up Jasmine and I, Jasmine Tarkeshi and I opened up Laughing Lotus in 1999 in yeah. New York City. Yeah. And then she, I, I was born here. Yeah. And she grew up here. And yeah. we were like, come on. And then more recently, about three years ago, uh, I had taken a trip to New Orleans, uh, drove across America with a girlfriend, and I was like, I love it down here. Yeah. And last, when I was there, I was on my way to Bali Spirit Fest. I remember teaching there and there's this old church for sale. It looks more like a corner store, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so we have, uh, I've opened our first donation or generosity-based yoga center in New Orleans. How's it going? Kind of in the heart of the culture and the music and the, it's intense. It's yeah. great. It's beautiful. It's romantic. It's a lot of, th a lot of things. What, um, what was the concept and how did it, I guess, how did it, what made you like want to pull the trigger and say, yeah, I'm going to do this thing now? I got to New Orleans. It was Easter weekend. We were driving, uh, to LA, but we came down yeah. first and I had never been the kid that drove across America. So I was doing it while I owned a, I owned a bar called yeah. Trixie's. That's why I ended up putting Trixie in my middle name. Right. It's like Dana Flynn, but everybody called me Trixie's. And I'm like, what if I'm looking for some Trixie folk? Right. I'll put Dana Trixie Flynn, and then everyone just started calling me DTF. It yeah. wasn't really planned. <laughs> um, That's good. <laughs> yeah. So I had Trixie's, and I was looking at to actually, I was looking to do, create like a party motel in LA, like those old motels that had kind of run down. Now they've, now because there's less space, but back in the day, LA just had a ton of sprawling yeah. space. So I was like, I'm going to take this motel. Every room's going to be a party room. Like, you know, when you go to the Madonna Inn? Yep, yep. Yeah. And and you can rent a room or it could be a rap party, you know, at the end of a movie. And we can all meet in this one place. Right. And dial up for the mariachi band or the dog act. Right. Or, or the Lazy Susan or depending on what you're... Or all the above. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was... I had actually secured a space on Venice Beach on Speedway in like 26th. Before I got there, thinking I might spend more time in L.A., even though I still had Trixie's Bar on 47th, 48th, right. 9th. Right. And then, um, yeah, so I actually just gotten clean and sober, and that's when I got turned on to yoga. So when I drove across America with Laura, we got to New Orleans, and it was like beads and bonnets and ball gowns and bunnies and baubles, and, it was, and the music and the streets and... The aliveness and the color and the generosity of the spirit yeah. and really, really touched me. And I was, I kept coming back. And Jasmine and I, when we were together, would come back. 
And then uh, it was like a calling. I saw this church mm. and which just looked like a rectangle, to be honest. Right. And basically everyone was like, you're crazy. You're going to have to build a whole building inside that building because of the, you know, the water and the termites and the everything else post Katrina. And I tried to let it go. And it was like, oh, wait, I'm just going to come down here and relax more, so to speak, you know? And it really became like a calling. Like I felt like called to do it and create community. And I learned a lot from doing it. It's, you know, a real different experience. Yeah. When you're from somewhere else, like people down there ask you what high school you went to. Right. So it's a real different vibe. And then it takes, in New York, you know, nobody even notices you if you open up a business. And so it was, it was really humbling in a lot of ways to learn how to, uh, like listen, like really listen and see like you're from somewhere else and you're coming into our town and the South is slow to change. And right. What does it really mean to be of service and um, to be a part of and to create community and what do people even want and finding out, kind of letting the space grow into what it needs to be. Right. Yeah. How long has the space been open for? We're coming up on three years, February 11th. Wow. So it's been, it's been going for quite a bit. Yeah, it was quite a renovation. Um, it was a, literally a whole new... The only thing that remains is a baptismal font. Okay. From the whole church. Yeah. Uh, and on the outside, it's got... It's it's celebrating... It's got my favorites. Frida Kahlo, uh, Janis Joplin, Billie Holiday. And we had to get Louis Armstrong up there. Yeah. Because it's New Orleans. JF, um Ooh, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther King and then the Dalai Lama is like uh, kind of silhouetted on the outside. Okay. And then big exploding lotuses. You know the great mural artist, um, uh, Jose Martinez? I don't. He's got the flowers next to Samovar. Like he does. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, uh, I was inspired by his flowers. And so... They're not roses, but they're lotuses. And they have this quality of like, I would say exploding or coming alive or transformation, awakening, that quality of honoring um, the great beings that are mad inspiration and live so deeply and so real. And then the quality of all of me wanting to live and stay inspired and inspire each other Mm -hmm. and that explosion of consciousness really. I think that there's, um, you know, we have our variation of, of uh, donation yoga here in the city. Yoga to the people is a big thing. And uh, I think that yoga for a lot of communities, and I would assume, I don't, I don't really know, but I would assume maybe even in New Orleans, you know, where there is a more uh, community with people of color and low income and so on and so forth, that it's not accessible um, or as accessible. It can almost, yoga can seem like it's for exclusive or something yeah it's yeah for, you know it, it definitely can it, it is in a lot of in a lot of ways for people of privilege um have you seen it what's i mean what's the community turnout like i'm sure it's got to be first amazing and awesome to be able to offer it to you just literally just open the well, doors you're gonna to come so on people. down and teach so okay, there's I'm your in. invitation <laughs> i'm in sign me up i haven't been to nolens in a while yeah <laughs> it's it's definitely unfolding and I feel like people are finding out about us and telling friends. And there is, uh, I know that 
I, I feel like when we first came, I, well, there's a lot I don't know, but what I, what I did experience coming into the neighborhood is that people are like, well, why do we want you? This is a community center who says what kind of community, yoga, dance, movement, meditation. Why do I necessarily want yoga? Right. Like there wasn't that understanding of the, maybe like it might be for other people or for white people. Right. Uh, the wellness aspect or the well-being of it um, or the peaceful uh, quality of it or the, the benefits of yoga. So that's taken, take some outreach and learning how to communicate and also having a great team of people that are of color. Yeah. And uh, step by step and with a lot of breath and a lot of listening. Yeah. We uh, we have a very strong community there, so very it's, grateful, yeah. It's one of the bigger things that I think a lot of, I mean, we don't really hit it a lot in, in $200 teacher trainings and things like that, but Seva being a big part of yoga, it's a mm. huge part of it, um, you know, and then we go into to bhakti as well. And really when, I, I like to remember, you know, that yoga reminds us all of the source and we all, we're humans and we live in, America or wherever people are listening to this at. And so it's really easy to get caught up in uh, things and stuff and, you know, like labels. And I like to put myself in this box. And so because I put myself in this box, this person's in that box. And now this person is there. And so the reference that um, another teacher used that I love so much is like, we're all like the waves of the ocean. And, you know, we get caught up on surface level waves, right? And that, why does that wave look like that? And that wave has a little more of the white fuzzy stuff on top. Oh, well, look at that wave over there. Why is it doing that? And while we're up here visiting on the surface, we forget that all of us come back from like this main source, from like that deep within well of just conscious and connected. But it's because we get caught up in the world of, this. Well, the, wave, the waves are also like the vrittis, the fluctuations yeah. of the mind. Yeah, yeah. So there's a great line from Sachi Tananda says, and it shows him, it was it was an early poster of him, actually, that, um, oh, who's the great artist? Uh, Peter Max. Okay. And it's a picture of him on a surfboard with a little lungi on, yeah. like in tree pose. Yeah. And on the top of a wave, and it says, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn how to surf them. Yeah. And that's our practice. And if we're getting caught in boxes and egos, I mean, it's just the nature of the mind. We get caught, mm -hmm. and then when we and we don't see it until I don't see it, I'll speak for myself until I can see it. And yeah. bhakti yoga is definitely service. Yeah. That's uh, the fastest way to God is to love God. And, yeah. and, who, and who are we loving? God is all. <laughs> Everything, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's some deep work. It's definitely seva, and it's um, definitely a karma yogi, bhakti yogi, and I love to chant. And you? I love, <laughs> love to, uh, I love the connection. Yeah. I love the connection. And also with in recovery, I mean, such a big part of recovery is that keeping, you know, like uh, being of service to another uh, alcoholic or addict. And yeah. so it's like giving it away to keep it, right. giving it away to keep it. Right. And, um, so that's really, I'm called to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the, 
the act of being of service was more prevalent for you because of recovery? Or do you think it hand in hand with yoga, one or the other, or both just kind of came in? It actually started great. I, I love, see, you know, seeing that, like, that's still my path. So when I was young, my my household wasn't the happiest yeah. place to hang out. Yeah. So it was like, okay, plan B right. pretty quickly. Right. And that I got into, I was like, <clears throat> organized the dances at school and all the community events. Okay. So it started very young for me. I did a, like a 24-hour dance marathon for muscular dystrophy and raised a bunch of money. And yeah. then I was like the president of the school. So I was vi- I, that was the connection for me was each other. It was like... I like the our the my our hearts are lonely without each other. Like we need each other, and right. something in me, in that very difficult, um, you know, confusing time as a kid, could knew my heart knew that mm-hmm. my heart knew that it it couldn't be alone, that it would be too much suffering. Yeah, and so I was very nourished in that way, and felt very my world grew like my world got bigger being a part of something bigger right. than me and a limiting belief system. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. My, I mean, similar in, in some ways, my house was not the, the nicest uh, place to be in growing up. And so I was, I think, I think my, my title in school was like entertainment commissioner. Got I it. was in charge of the pep rallies <laughs> And I was big surprise. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> um, I hosted the pep rallies and then I, I was on student body and, you know, did something for what I was lacking at home. I wanted to find another places. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even now as an adult, I see myself being the person who is consistently trying to be the glue or create the community or bring the people together. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I like to call it master connector. Because I'm always like, I know a person. Yep, and I know a person that knows a person. Right. And these two people should get to know each other. Collaborate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do. Let's do that. Let's do that. You've done. Um, I mean, you have an incredible presence when you walk into a room, um, and especially when you go in to teach. I'm sure there's got to be threads of you know that that what you just said. It's so beautifully. You know, our, our our hearts. What you said. Our hearts are lonely without each other. How do you bring that into your practice, into your teaching, into uh, who you like, all of all that is Dana in 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 a, in a yoga space? I uh, I'm often likely saying things I need to hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd say it totally because <laughs> uh, I have that built-in forgetter. I have that amnesia, and uh, for example, I was. Um, turned on by the uh, Hafez poem that was a big part of my class today, or the offering, the sharing, and not like, oh, I came up with it, but God and I made a connection. And it's uh, the Hafez poem where it's essentially, Hafez, the great poet, his name means memorizer, and he wrote, his books are collected, Ladinsky, um, kind of captured the essence of his in a book called The Gift. Yeah. And he also wrote, I Heard God Laughing. Okay. And that's how he actually first named Laughing Lotus. We loved the sound of laughter and everyone was like, my yoga is better than your yoga. Right. Kind of like my God's better than your God. Yeah. And um, uh, the poem is Laughter is the Glorious Sound of the Soul Waking Up. And that's actually why we put laughing in the title so we can uh, laugh more and experience more uh, joy and the yeah. joy of 
living. And even if you say you're going to laughing, maybe it's already a mantra that we we were inspired because even like somebody like the Dalai Lama, who's laughing and giddy and has this great laugh and yet he's lost his country and his people have been you know so destroyed right and it doesn't mean like oh once all these difficult things are over in my life then i can be happy like the practice is now yeah joy is now so um the essence of this one is called tripping over joy okay that we think that we have a thousand serious more moves to make yeah um but the, the the yogi has a good sense that um, so we did this move like uh, like brushing off these thousand serious moves to yeah yeah you know and then uh, reaching back and stepping into tripping tripping over joy yeah. became a move a uh, shape yeah an asana and so we were tripping over joy and not once this happens or once I have a boyfriend or once I get this job done or yeah. once my friend isn't sick or. Um, that the practice is now and we know this, but we, you know, saying it, what, what keeps us, what's the distance between happiness and us? And why is there this sense of waiting? We're like, well, I'm kind of happy, but once these things happen, then I can really experience happiness. Yeah. And, uh, so that rolled into my practice today and I hang out on the mat and I also swim which I, which is a more recent passion of mine, and usually things that are challenging me or exciting me or uh, uh, nudging me to wake up when I go back to sleep, which is every other breath. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm usually I'm usually keeping it pretty real in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's got to. I mean, you kind of almost have to. I, I love that. Um, you, you, people, people in the room, like, oh, thank you for what you said today, and like, oh, what you spoke or whatever. I'm like, oh, the what the fuck I said. I was, right. you're welcome, but I think what whatever it was, it was definitely for me. <laughs> yeah, if it happens to help you out, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I try not to make it too. I don't know. I, I for me, the, the language that I like to use is really like simple and just straight, you know, straightforward. But it's. The, I mean, we remind ourselves the conscious brain, the subconscious brain loves the repetition. So I'll often hear myself saying the same things in class. For magic. Another name for magic is repetition. Oh, I love that. Actually, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. I'm write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is, um, what else is, what else is going on for Dana? What's, you've got the studio going on in Nolens. You're hanging yeah, so out in we, San Francisco. I'm hanging out in San Francisco. I love to come through San I was born here, but never really lived here. Yeah. And uh, Jasmine, my part, we were partners and business partners. Got and it. now we're friends, Got eternal it. friends. And her daughter's six, Indigo. So I get to come out here and kind of be like a cosmic auntie. Yeah. And then connect with the community here. And uh, I have... Uh, my friend reminded me yesterday that she met. We met when I was twenty three, and she mm-hmm. was twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And there we are walking on lands in, you know, soul chatting, going down by the baths, and taking in the views, yeah. and feeling great. Like wow, wow, like real Godsmack yeah. stuff, you know. How long have you been teaching for? How many years? Uh twenty eight. What twenty eight? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah. Wow. Does it change every single time you do it? There is, uh, yeah, the way I move is different now. 
And as the body shifts, I, I'm doing my best to listen. And I, you know, I'll run into really uh, cool men and women. Sometimes it's more women because as their bodies are shifting, as they're aging, they think they can't do vinyasa because they don't want to do the, because chaturanga doesn't feel good in their body. Yeah. And so I teach a lot of no arangas. Yeah. Uh, free classes with real fun crescent lunges and three-legged splits and downward dog, you know, yeah. and, yeah. um, no arangas, no arangas <laughs> and That's explore good. the flow in a way that they can always step back to downward dog. But it's right. like, there's so much, there's so much to experience through the medicine and the movement and this churning of the body and this, I mean, my, my destiny, my goal is I want to go from zero to God, you know, yeah. I'm going for ecstasy I'm going for oneness. I'm going, I'm merging. I'm wanting to uh, feel that aliveness, feel that connection. I want to merge with God. Yeah. I want to feel uh, God's love working in my life, God's grace. How do we get people, or what, I guess what's your... It's like spiritualizing the physical form because it's physical and it's physical with a purpose. Right. And so everybody's going to have their own time with it. Yeah. Like they might come for a while and be, you're, they're just happy to get stronger Yeah, or to have less stress or to feel more joy. Right. And then it takes people's own time to like dig into the sutras or explore ahimsa right. or a plant-based diet or open up and ask for help. I mean, it sounds like you and I came from a similar family. It's like, I would never... First of all, ask anybody for help. I thought no. I, Are I, you kidding? <laughs> I thought I knew I, I was supposed to know at seven how to do everything yeah. and figure it all out. So there's a lot of surrender to letting go of the control and having to get it right. And the you, we had mentioned Yogi's High, everyone, um, right before that it, there's sometimes, like you mentioned, your own uh, cycle or rhythm with wanting to create trainings and all these things that you felt seemed like they were really yeah. important. So all the things I felt like, because all it's, you know, I, I talked really loud and publicly about my burnout, but I was doing, you know, I was looking at my teachers and then all the, you know, quote unquote, commercially successful teachers. And I was like, well, that's what I have to do because that's what they're doing. And at the end of it, I was like, well, what did I do that for? Like, what was the purpose of they that? They needed to do that. They needed to do right. that, but no one was going to tell me that I didn't need to do that until had, after yeah. I did it. You had yeah. to take every single step. Yeah. 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 And so that quality of investigating, that's what yogis do. They invest. We don't, uh, it's like, Hey, whatever you believe to be true. Great. No, I'm not telling anyone what to believe in a yoga class. Right. And you're going to go find out yourself, whatever you believe. And at the same time, uh, I want, as my beliefs might be changing or as I'm shifting internally and I'm attached to the poses or I'm attached to being, I mean, we all want to be liked. We all want to be yeah. loved. Yeah. Especially early on when you start teaching yoga. If your teacher was that teacher, you think, oh, I'm supposed to teach like them. Right. Because if they're popular, just like you're saying, with maybe their track. And then you come to realize it's very personal. Yeah. And there's a lot of listening, but maybe that voice, the louder voice up top is saying, oh, that's how it looks, honey. Right. And then the quieter you get, the more you can hear. You're like, actually, this is really the direction that I'm, I want to go in. Mm. Or maybe you experience a great loss. Maybe you lost a parent or a friend or a lover. And then that opens your eyes or that has opened my eyes to how I share or 
looking at something differently or wanting more peace. Right. Wanting, I used to think peace was boring. Yeah. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you will know peace. <laughs> and now you're like, yes, please. I'll take two. <laughs> Hey guys, this episode is supported by Bretton Bush Hot Springs. This cool remote retreat center is located in the Oregon Cascade Mountain Range. This place is an amazing yoga retreat center and conference center. They've had some really awesome guests like Ram Dost, Eckhart Tolle, Jack Kornfield. It's a great place to just get you to dial into yourself and check out. They've got about 26,000 guests a year and they're open year round. Check out brettonbush.com. That's B-R-I-E-T-E-N. B-U-S-H.com. And now, back to our show. When we put ourselves in, in situations of seva, when we put ourselves in situations of service, of helping others, I feel like it is a, you said you want that ticket to God, to ecstasy. It is a one-way ticket to get us out of our own... Selfishness, self-centeredness. Oh, just the noise. You know, to, to, to get that... To get the buzz from what we think into more of that internal wisdom and really feel and have the experience of where we're at. And when we're there is when we start to tap in. It's when we start to feel source, when we start to feel connected, when we start to feel God, when we start to feel like when you start not even feel when you know God, when you know, you know, heart, love, all the things that go with it. But then again, we live in this world with all of the things. And so we get pulled away and, you know, like, like, like we say, we, we say the reminders in class for us because it's the, it's the practice. It's the practice of coming and yesterday's over. yesterday's practice is, you know, yesterday. Yeah, a minute ago's practice was a minute ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely ongoing. And the, and like you're, you're saying, well, how has my teaching changed? My teaching changes, my practice changes and being true to that. Because yeah. you could still, feel, like Eric Schiffman, I was always amazed in L.A. He never taught Chaturanga. Mm-hmm. It's not, if you take one look at him, you can, you know, he didn't teach Crow, but he'd rock a backbend. Right. Because that was a big part of his practice. And so he was really true to himself. He would teach some of those poses, not necessarily Chaturanga, but he he shared what he loved. Right. He didn't have to share what he didn't know. It's like... He sh- and so I can, I'm going to share what I know, but there's and there's a lot that I don't know, but I don't have to teach what I don't know. Right. And uh, the vulnerability and the intimacy is the is has always been the biggest gift from my teachers. Mm-hmm. And so when I like, I don't have to know, and I can be vulnerable and share those parts of myself that you know, because there is times when people look up to their teacher. Yeah. And sometimes they do want to feel like they know, but when they you get that crack and they you can feel share your wounds and let the light come through and really feel that that it's such a it's such a universal healing that we all have these wounds. Yeah. 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 It's being seen and heard as human and not as something above. Um or it's it's going back to connection. It's wanting to to feel you know, the connection to the heart next to you. It's wanting to know. And, and growing up, I didn't feel connected to anyone. What I had all that othering. You're different than me. I'm to, I must be, I don't even know how I got here. I'm different than everyone in the neighborhood. I don't belong. The sense of not belonging, not being a part of. And so that's why yoga was such a, like, first of all, I felt better right away. Yeah. Like I went to class and I was like, 
feel better. <laughs> Yoga. And I had two great teachers, Sharon and David. Yeah. You know, when they were young and so generous. Yeah. Um, and I felt better. It quieted my mind. And some of that, which is also, which is different but related, was also the first time when I took a drink. The social anxiety, the sense of what other people thought of me, the low self-esteem, that began to dissolve. Because mm. that first drink let everything go, oh, actually, look at this. And then the medicine, that's not going to work long term. It's unsustainable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it became yoga was like, well, if you can't do forward bend, you can't touch your toes and you can't touch your toes and you practice touching your toes for three years, you can touch your toes. Right. So it 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 creates that um, confidence. It yeah. gives you the confidence in the self yeah. that you never had. Yeah. And then the fall from grace is that then you do the arm, then you, you know, then you're attached to those poses or that feeds your ego. And then guess what? All those poses start to disappear. Right. The non-attachment. Like yeah. every pose I learned how to do begins to move away. Right. What happens after that? <laughs> well, then you, then it's like the direction is meditation, right? Complete. Yeah. Or if it, if it is that you're drawn to seva, not only for your heart, because if, our, if my focus is mostly on myself mm -hmm. and self-centered, well, then if I'm not doing something else, something for somebody else because I want for any reason other than to be a part of. Right. Um, because if it's like, oh, I'm helping you because there's some condition for it or right. look what I'm doing or I'm doing Seva. Right. Then that's, you know, that's some white savior shit. But, <laughs> but like, this is saving my life. You know, this is saving my life. It's real. Your life is my life. Right. <laughs> Some white savior shit. <laughs> this is our life. It's not, it's not like my life in your life. It's yeah. like the same with like the fear that comes up that I, I, I used to like think, oh, I don't have any of this fear. Yeah. It's not like your fear and my fear. It's like the fear. We have fear. Yeah. We stand in it with courage with, with our yoga practice. And yeah. so we get tools and, and there's a lot of, and there's discipline. And that was a really great thing for me was like to show up, have the, you know, create that daily discipline. And then from the discipline, the experience of great freedom, of boundless freedom. Because most moments, moment to moment, I do not feel free. Right. It's when I'm practicing or connected, when I feel reunited with my freedom or those aspect of myself that is like, you were born free, sister. You just right. forgot, right. you know? Right. So the practice helps me remember. Right. Yeah. What does your practice uh, daily, you know, practice look like now? What is it at this, at this time point in life? Is it, and what's it like? Is it more sitting? Is it more movement? Is it more walks? Is it more nature? Is it more reading? Is it, what's it, what's manifesting for you right now? I, I love to move. Yeah. I do love to move. I feel like the movement, uh, I've always loved it and, and it's very, it's very fluid and dancey. I would you were say. a dancer before, right? I've always loved to dance. Jasmine was a dancer. Okay. I was like a dancer. Okay. Well, you, well I want to touch on that too. Because I often, you know, I, I obviously didn't train with you guys, but I cannot tell you how many people, especially when I first started teaching, right. people were like, you're a dancer. You t Did you do Laughing Lotus training? Did you do Laughing yeah. Lotus training? I was like, what the fuck is Laughing Lotus? I've never even right. heard of it. 
but I often got same for you. Like you're a dancer, you're a dancer. And like, no, I just see the way that I experience is fluid. The way that I want to move. The way the shapes merge. And yeah. Shift it's just, and it's a dance. Weave and bob and roll. And yeah. They interact. They play. Yeah. And I practiced Tai Chi for many years. Ah. And I, and I spun around and got nice and dizzy with the dervishes. Yeah, okay. That play, you know, like that kind of turning on the axis, which is where the, my love for the Rumi poetry and uh, the quality of his relationship, meeting Shams and turning him from a philosopher to a poet, and the longing that the bhakti yogis have, as well as the Sufis have. Yeah. Uh, that each of the God is that divine spark in yeah. each one of us. Yeah. 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 So, uh, your practice, you still love them. You, you're still about the movement for sure. I love the movement. I love this. I mean, I'm moving so I can be still. Right. Yeah. No, I totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get it. I totally understand. You can't keep a Mustang like corralled in, you know, that you got to let it run. You got, you got to run the thing. <laughs> and uh, I just actually read um, the I just read on the plane on the way here because I love s- stories of inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what is her name? T- uh, Tiffany Hadid. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. The Black Unicorn. The first. Yeah, I okay. read her book. Okay. You know, like she's so funny, and of course she grew up. It's so it's such a beautiful, br- brutal as they say, a yeah. beautiful and difficult read of growing up in foster care yeah. and crazy amount of abuse and finding the laugh factory at like 13 or 15 yeah. and then leaving comedy and coming back. And, uh, that quality of like how we all can, as we, you know, to lift each other up mm-hmm. and what I got from her, what was so beautiful because that the new show that she just did, the first thing she did was celebrate five comedians that she grew up with along the way and wanted for them to ascend. Okay. I mean, she was doing her own seva, yeah. right? Yeah. She was like, you, when I, whoever gets famous first, right. you all, you got to like lift, you know, lift, we, we were like spiritual forklifts for each other. Right. We got to lift each other up. Right. Because the mind on its own is going south of the border right right and so that's why the mind is like the mind craves focus right focus is fucking freedom right right? yeah and so i remember when i read um i love reading uh biographies like that and stories and see like what you know what it was like what happened and what it's It's like like now and and also it took her 20 years and just like these lucky moments of being seen on a show here and being seen and um, where her breaks came from, but like it was a twenty year like, right? And so, Grinding, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, like you just keep showing up no matter what. That's the magic, yeah. That you show up and you never give up and you do not quit before the miracle, honey. Right. And uh, and my if I like that I have a practice today, like if I that I get to share it is a huge gift. If it was for me and my you know like so I could have a relationship with God today. It would be enough for me. Yeah. I love, I love sharing it. Yeah. And it would be probably hard to stay inside this right. physical, this, this body here. Um, but in those are the moments when, since the breath is always dancing, yeah. even though I don't know, like you might not always think like, well, wow, the movements like 26,000 times a day, your breath is dancing. Yeah. Now you're dancing with it. Yeah. And, uh, 
that that has me always mesmerized. That we're you know most of the day we're not thinking with our breath, and then we come and the teachers like breathe, breathe deep, all kinds like, of breathing. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, wow. Yeah. Not only I remember I had a teacher and I was like, if you really want to change your practice, change your breathing. Yeah. Because now you become more aware. I become more aware. Like, what is the quality of my breath? The quality of my life. Right. And it's moving so fast. Yeah. How do I want to live? Yeah. What's important to me? And are those things changing? Yeah. And they're always changing. Yeah. The movement part has stayed. Yeah. It was really cool when I um, I left a class um, of Eric Schiffman's in L.A. many years ago. And he had, you know, he was like the Papa Bear to yeah. me. I mean, the, and then Ram Dass was the Papa Bear after that, Baba Ram Dass. And uh, he was a big inspiration for me. And I asked, I asked Eric after class, like, I was like, this was probably 15, 16 years ago. And I was like, Eric, how do you do it? How do you keep showing up? Like, because like, I had all this enthusiasm and I did feel like it would come with me. I mean, you don't wake up every day on fire, enthusiastic, and like, I can't live. My friend wakes up and the first thing he hears is, you're going down, motherfucker. Right. You know, like, that's the first thing he hears. Right. And so that's why I often remind students, like, get a new alarm clock. Like, yeah. the same alarm clock that used to wake you up might not wake you up anymore. Right. You know, get or get a freaking peacock or a right. rooster. Wake up, <laughs> run to your mat, and stay. Those are my three steps. You know, rooster in my San Francisco apartment. <laughs> you'd be a real, you'd be a real hit, right? A real hit. <laughs> get up early, run to your mat, and stay because yeah. that's the time for most people in the morning yeah. is is to set up that. That's the spiritual foundation for me, and so yeah. I move, I might move in different ways, but I'm moving with my breath and the dance is on. The mm. cosmic dance of the universe for me is on in those moments. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm at, I'm at least as thrilled about shapes yeah. and the ones that fall away are such the reminder of like impermanence, mm. non-attachment. And I remember by the end of Twala Tharp's life, she couldn't dance the dances she choreographed. Yeah. 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 We forget. We also, I mean, we get injured, we get older, the life happens. And so we can't get stuck on it. There's no, I mean, you can get stuck on it. It's not, right. a, it's not a good thing. It's not a good idea. But to you're going to reach back one day and your foot's not going to be there. Right. And the beat's got to go on. It cannot be a condition for your happiness. Right. And it's great for the ego. It's, it's because otherwise, how are we going to come in t- touch with the ego? And that's why when you get that great article from, which is a timeless article from Joel Kramer that in the beginning when we all practice it, if, if you don't have it, definitely read it. This uh, is, oh, this you know, is up, up. Joel Kramer. It's an article that's like written 20 something years ago. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that we, uh, you know, almost immediately first you're in downward dog and you're shaking and you're like, the teacher's crazy, you know? And then right. all of a sudden you're like spreading your fingers and refining your, lengthening your arms and dropping your tailbone. For the beginning, your tailbone's sky high. Yeah. And then later on, it kind of goes back and it might even ground down. Like it, it changes as you're changing. Or there's no one way, clearly, because we have different bodies. Even though we're exploring the shape, same shape, we've got to express the shape uniquely through each one of us. Express right. it in your own way. And so... Joel Kramer really kind of 
shows this fast English. You practice and you progress and you practice and you progress. And so there's a lots of quick progression. <clears throat> and then there's a great leveling out. You probably experienced it. Yep. Yep. There's a huge plateau. Yeah. And that's when, you know, that's when we lose the yogis from the bogeys. I mean, that's when that's like you fall away or you find something else or maybe it's not yoga. And like, that's the, that's the part of the biggest transformation is like, you're not, there's no result. There's right. no outcome. This is a, this is a, a, a program or a practice. This is a spiritual, you know, um, this is a practice. To practice. Yep. For, yeah. Yeah. It's it, <laughs> like practice means practice means practice. Yeah. No more, no less. No results. Today is di- the last pose is different than the first. No one. results. Yeah. No outcome. Yeah. You're practicing to practice. Yeah. So I did a whole class. Practice means practice means practice practice right. practice means practice means practice practice and everybody clapping and chanting and because we are practicing often because we want something right and that's it's okay to see that practice to practice just do the thing to do the thing do it and that's it practice with all your heart <laughs> practice with all your heart I love it. Dan, I like. I, I one. I'm, I'm just. I'm stoked to see you. It's just so cool. <laughs> Fangirl moment for sure. Um, and I hope that you know. There's so many people. I've had multiple students go to New York and move to New York. And you're one of the first. I have two people that I have them see. My friend Alyssa, who, who moved out there and teaches acro yoga. She's an amazing mm. acro yoga teacher. And I I'm always say you have to go to Dana Flinskets. You have to at least experience it once. <laughs> There's a handful of teachers that in the world, I think, that you have to go and visit. Mm. Yours is on my top five. Very generous of you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Danny. It's It's great to have you here, and it's great to, to see you in person and to, to have you come on the show and do a live one. You're in my apartment. It's great. I, and I love it. And I love the story <laughs> behind it, too. Manifester. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Manifester. Any, uh, any wise closing words before we end it up? Friendships. Yeah. Friendships. Friendships. Stay. Stay close to your to friends. Meet new friends. Call them. Call them on the phone. Pick the phone up. Be kinder. Be kinder. I love it. <laughs> There's a Hafez poem I love, and the, uh, and this man asks. In, in the poem, he's like, hey, God, you know, like, do you think these visions, do you think these visions I'm having of God are true? And um, in the poem, Hafez, the guy's like, well, do you, uh, how many rose bushes do you have? Do you feed the birds in the winter? And he's like, what? I'm talking about sublime visions. Yeah. And by the end of the poem, he's like, I would, I believe that they're true if you're kinder. To every plant and every creature that you, uh, that you meet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, we are friends. We're all friends, yogis. We are friends. This is what it's all about. Perfect. Yeah, we are friends. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. 